This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Erev Shabbos. This is our soul-to-soul slot on a Friday afternoon, our meeting place, where we get the opportunity every week to sit together for a little bit of time uh, and talk about important things and talk about... Uh, Shabbos and talk about halacha and talk about a little bit of uh, uh, arousal, a little bit of uh, uh, awakening for the coming Shabbos and please God for the coming for the coming Chag that's uh, that's soon that is soon upon us and wonderful to see you all uh, again and uh, joining uh, joining our our family. It is uh, fantastic to to have you all all with us. Yeah, we are moving along. It is already. First of September, which means officially today is spring. I, I believe the swimming baths even open today or something. So it, it, it really is. Baruch Hashem, it's in the it's in the it's in the air. But even more so in the air, of course, is the fact that today is already the tenth of Elul. In less than three weeks, we're going to be standing before Hakadosh Baruch before the the great day of uh, of judgment on. On uh, on Rosh Hashanah, and we need to, uh, you know, we need to uh, realize that this is this is important. This is important, bus. This is something that we need to we need to get a hold, get a uh, a hold of. You know, the Divna Magid uh, uh, gives us the uh, analogy of uh, a a there's a, a person who entrepreneur who opened a a, a shop. And uh, thank God it became a successful enterprise, and he opened a second shop and a third shop, and had quite a quite a thriving business uh, uh, going. But he was still a small town person and didn't really have a sort of big ideas and and big concepts of how to run it. So at the end of every day, you know, when they kind of uh, cashed up and they, you know, he took in all the sales, so they would add it all up, and uh, he'd put all the Money, I guess they didn't really have credit cards in those days, so that everything was cash. So he put it in a, in a packet, and he had a a young man, one of his employees, who would take it every day to the to the bank, and uh, and deposit it uh, for the bank, and uh, that's where he went every every day. Of course, in the olden days in the shtetl, you know, there were all sorts of people in in the shtetl, and every shtetl, of course, had their their town ganav. Also, you can't have a a nice Jewish town without a Ganov. And this uh, Ganov somehow got wind of the <clears throat> of the fact that every day this uh, young man was uh, traversing the streets of the town on the way to the bank with this uh, packet full of full of cash. And uh, of course, being as the professional that he was, he had a tremendous desire to get his hands on that uh, on that uh, on that money, but uh, it couldn't very well just kind of you know, attack him in the street. It was it was usually peak hour, you know, and in the shtetl peak hour meant that there were about twelve people on the street at the time, and someone would have seen him, and everyone knew each other, you know. So you couldn't just grab it and run away without uh, without anyone anyone seeing. It just wasn't going to work. He had to sit down and and think and and conceive of a of a good plan that he could uh, that he could use to. Uh, to get to get really what he what he uh, what he wanted, so he hit upon the following the following plan. He was walking around the streets one day, and he noticed there was a 
a tailor shop. There, someone who made clothing for the for the Balabatsim, for the people in the in the town, and he concocted and and developed this uh, this amazing strategy of how he could met how he could uh, net himself the 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 money. So uh, one day he uh, walked into the into the shop, and he went to the proprietor and said, "Look, uh, I'm coming to you. I'm actually uh, an employee. I represent." One of the uh, big, uh, powerful, uh, wealthy people in town. There were there were some of that in, in every town. Some was only one, but uh, and uh, he would really would like you to make him a new suit. John Tuff is coming up, and he really would like a a, a a a new suit. So the man said, "Fine, I'm your man. There's no better tailor in 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 the, in the town than than me. I will make him. Tell him, you know, whenever whenever it's convenient for him to come down and uh, and have a fitting, and uh, you know." I'll work out the measurements and, and I'll make I'll make him a, a beautiful suit. Baksha. So the Ghana says no, but you know, yeah, I, I understand that would be that would work well. But uh, unfortunately, you know, he's a very very busy man. He's a very wealthy man. He's traveling. He's here and there. Uh, uh, it's not going to work. He's just not going to manage to <clears throat> find the time to get here. What he told him to do was, you know, I know him well, so I know his his size to sort of scan the passerbys and find someone who is around the same the same build as him and ask that person to come in and and uh, and have a fitting and then you can make the suit for my for my boss. That will work just just swimmingly. That'll work just just fine. So he says fine. So the Ganev stands in the doorway of the shop and surveys all the passerbys. No, 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 not this one. Until that time where the Young man carrying the parcel of money uh, comes by, and he says, to him, "Yeah, that's that one. That guy it looks perfect. He's exactly the same physique as as my as my boss." So the tailor quickly runs out and says, "Young man, would you mind coming in for a moment? I I, I need a model, basically. I need a, 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 a to to fit a, a a suit. Would you mind coming?" The guy says, "Sure, no problem." Comes in. And he says, "Would you please try on try on this this suit here, see if it uh, see if it fits, and I can make adjustments, or whatever. We work out the measurement." So the guy comes in, puts down you know the the packet of money, whatever, takes off his clothes, puts on the uh, on the on the suit, and of course the gunner chooses at that moment to <clears throat> grab the money, and and he's gone out of the shop. The young man, the employee, sees him running away, and oh, he wants to give chase, only to be sort of tackled almost by the, by the tail and says, well, you're not going anywhere. You're wearing my, you're wearing my suit. I'm not letting you out. And thus, the money got, the money got, uh, got, got, got stolen. The market talks about the fact that that really is kind of what happens in, uh, in uh, in RL, and you know, we 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 really want to uh, do so much, and, and we have all these plans of what we want, or what we want to, uh, what we want to do, and and you know, we know what we know how we have to correct ourselves. We know where we need, we need, we know the kind of plan we have to make, because as I said, really, L is not about just fixing up a couple of things. It's really about trying to work out who you are and what you want to be and where you want to go and where you want to find yourself after after yom 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 yom
The Yetzirah's whole job is to distract us and take away the money, the money being the incredible value of every single day. Of every single day is an opportunity to to work on the entire the entire year. <coughs> the the, uh, the I think it's the the, the uh, when the Gerebis has has a cheshbon that uh, that uh, every single hour of of the days of the days of uh, of Elul are an opportunity for us to to uh, fix up one of the days of the of the rest of the of the rest of the year. And if you work it out there, you know, obviously at the night we're meant to sleep. So let's take the 12 hours of the of the daytime. Uh, if you have 12 hours and 29, 29 days, you get to around the, the number of days there are in a in a Jewish year with the incredible opportunity to to uh, to do everything. In fact, it's it's brought it's brought down a certain opinion that uh, one uh, shouldn't even daven Meirev on the first night of Rosh Hashanah early before night because you know you don't want to steal those lost precious moments even those those lost few moments of El are so so valuable you can you can you can change the world in those in those couple of uh, in those couple of uh, of minutes and and yeah the Sutton wants to wants to steal the day and, and, and we're trapped in, in you know in our in his suit we're trapped in the in 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 the uh in in some other place and we have so much to do and there's so many preparations to do for for the aunt if you have to buy your know, clothes for the kids and and there's so much cooking especially this year we're going to have three days in a row you know even even in israel they're going to have three days of rosh hashanah and how can you possibly have enough food to last for for three for three days, although of course by the third day no one feels remotely even like uh, like eating. In fact, uh, Rosh Hashanah is the greatest chesed because you have three days, and then Sunday you have a a fast afterwards. You have some gedalia to sort of help you, uh, you know, rebalance the equilibrium after afterwards. And and there's so much, and you have to go here, and you have to go there, and get this ready, and it's ready sukkahs and abaminim, and you know, there's just so much to do, and and. Hello. Yeah, I, I already wanted to, you know. And then suddenly you turn around, and it's for another Friday, another week is gone, and I haven't. Yeah, it's almost like uh, some people's, uh, you know, plans to to gym. You know, I'm definitely going to gym. I really need to do it, and I'm going to go every morning, sometime between this hour and that hour, and you know, and then suddenly you don't do it, and unless you fix yourself a time, unless you have a class that you're going to that you're going to go to, and you really, really want to do your LL operations properly. It's 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 not going to happen. That money, that 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 beautiful, valuable asset, the vacha shalti, the one thing that we ask, the one time that we have to 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 come close, to come close, like Alshbrok, and it's there, and it's it's an opportunity for each and every one of us. You know, everyone knows the the famous acronym of uh, of Elo being ani ledoidi vedoidi li. I am to Hashem, and Hashem is to me. We have this incredible, it's the idea of building. A relationship where Hakadosh Baruch Hu is, is literally our best friend, not not a not a a friend in the way we look at it as some you know someone you smack on the back and call brew and and kind of uh, you know uh, be chummy chummy with, but uh, someone who really a friend in the real sense that's really concerned about you and, and really wants your interest and really has has nothing else, no other agenda at all, but then to do real the good things. For you, and that, that's what L is about. But I saw this week another interesting uh, acronym for the word Elul Aleph Lamed Vav Lamed, and that was uh, 
Echad l'chatat ve'echad l'ola, which is a pasuk in the Torah, literally translated one for a sin offering and one for an ola, a totally burnt offering. And uh, it's it's uh, explained homeotically to 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 mean that you know El has as a as a more than one it's a dual function month it's echad uh, liola whether for a person who's a ole someone who is a baraliya someone who is constantly climbing and growing and and developing and and really all the time working to come close to Hashem for him El is also important El is a time to take stock of what he's done, what he's achieved, what he still wants to achieve, and, and to to prepare to, to ask the Rebbe Shalom for even more, to ask Hashem for another year, for another opportunity to be able to contribute, to be able to, to make a difference, to be able to, you know, uh, get even higher. In, the, in this in this world, it's, it's there for the person that's climbing, for the person that's on the move, the shmovers and shakers in, in the in the world of of uh, of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But it's also it's also even for the person who hasn't had such a amazing, wonderful year, and it's been a bit of a year of a of chatat even. It could be a year where there've been more failures than successes, more setbacks than than uh, than advances, more downs than than uh, than up, more reversals than than than, uh, than advances. It's it's it can be that kind of year. And then elders say, okay, that was this year, and then now yalla, we we go forward, <coughs> we prepare ourselves for the next for the next opportunity, and and we say to God, we understand that everything that happened this year was. Was for purpose, whether whether it was something that uh, based on our actions or just on the divine, the divine plan. But we still we want another year. We want an opportunity to still <laughs> be able to give and contribute and and do in your world. And therefore, it's therefore it's there for all of us. It's there for each and every one of us to make a difference, to make a contribution, and to be part of what's what's going on in uh, in in Hakadosh Baruch Hu's in Hakadosh Baruch Hu's world. Right, so so that how do we do it? So so the the concept is that uh, we, as we said, we can't we can't waste any time. We can't waste a single moment in in uh, in our quest to do that because every day, every day, every day counts. And you know, the analogy is given that uh, we're all going to we're all going to pass before God, and uh, the mission says that. When we pass before God, we pass in front of Him, one after the other. We don't pass; we don't all come in front of our Kaddish Baruch Hu simultaneously at the same time. Even though, of course, uh, our Kaddish Baruch Hu could take one look at the entire Jewish nation and and make decisions about every about every individual. That's certainly and totally and completely within the capacity of of the Rebbeinu But our Kaddish Baruch Hu chooses to we pass before Him. One by one, and he has an opportunity to scrutinize each and every one of us. But the moment we establish this kind of concept of of one by one, of one after another, then there's a question of, okay, who goes first? Because when we're doing everything at the same time, fine, we're all there. But who who gets to go? Who gets to go first? And obviously, uh, uh, the Gemara says that that uh, that. Uh, the people that go first are the ones with a better chance because HaKadosh Baruch Hu has set up, of 
because God is God is totally uh, uh, can do everything but HaKadosh Baruch has literally set up the way he judges uh, to mirror to mimic to give us some sense of what the judgment is by making it exactly the same as the way a judgment would work would work down down uh, down here and, and, and here the Gemara says that uh, you want the uh, Gemara says that if there's a, a a king who needs to be judged, and there are other people, who do we get, who do we judge first? So the obvious answer would be that would be the king. Uh, but the Gemara gives two reasons. Number one, obviously, it's it would be a total lack of honor and respect for the for the king that he should have to sort of cool his heels and sit outside and watch all the riffraff of society go through and have their cases adjudicated and then only at sort of 4.30 if the court hasn't closed early then maybe they'll hear the king's case of course that's not going to happen it's, it's, a, it's a total total bazillion uh, 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 of the, of the malchus a total degradation of, of, the, of the role and responsibility and the position of the king if that would if that would uh, if that would happen but then the Gemara gives the boy same the Gemara gives the second answer and says no it's also so for the fact that this way he uh, avoids the anger of the judge because so to speak Rashi explains in the morning the judge is still in a in a good mood if, if Hashem would judge all the Jewish nation at once and, and just see so to speak all the enormity of, of the Averis that the Jewish nation do the whole year it might be a very very distressing situation so Hashem Hashem uh, lets certain people go first and organizes the queue. Obviously, the great tzaddikim, they certainly are the ones at the head of the head of the queue because they, they deserve to be there. It's the covered for them. But then there's the second category of people who can get to the front of the queue simply by being there. You know, if you, as I say, if you want to get your... If you need your birth certificate uh, renewed or replaced, then you have to go to to uh, to home affairs. So uh, if you get there at 11 o'clock in the morning, you're going to wait a very, very long time. There's going to be one of these four-hour queues, and maybe, maybe you'll get in before they decide that they've had enough of the day and close the and close the doors. If you want to do it, then uh, you come early. You 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 got to book. Uh, you know, you got to be there. Maybe even before it opens, or maybe you know, if it's uh, if it's something that you really want to buy a ticket for, you might. Uh, you see, you hear about people camping out at uh, at compu ticket offices the night the night before it even it even uh, if it even opens to to uh, you know have the opportunity to to get in, and that's what El is about. We don't want to wait until the judgment starts. We want to really have the opportunity to start early to start preparing early to show it means something does. You know, if you have a, a court case, if you're about to be, let's say, even audited by the uh, by the receiver, oh boy, you get you make sure you dot all your T's and cross all your I's. You make sure you have every single possible piece of paper that they might conceivably even want and you do your research and you do your preparation and you consult and you do what you need to do because it's important. If if we consider the judgment of Shoshana to be important, then I go, oh, you think it's important? Well, then you too can go to the uh, front of the queue. You too can be can be one of those who will be on the queue, on the queue very, very uh, early. Okay, we're going to come back after the break with a short <coughs> segment on Hilchas Shabbos. This is 101.9 Chai FM, the greatest Jewish radio station in all of Africa. 
This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on a Friday afternoon here in beautiful Johannesburg. This is Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Ki Seitze, the third to the last Shabbos of this, of this year. Uh, and please God, it's going to be a beautiful, <coughs> a beautiful uh, Shabbos. Uh, we are going to, uh, yeah, the, the important details for this Shabbos are the starting time for, for Shabbos. Uh, tonight is the latest time for candle lightings. Today is at 5.37. That's uh, 23 minutes before, before 6 o'clock. That will be the latest time for, uh, for candle lighting. And tomorrow night, Shabbos Kodesh ends at 27 minutes past, uh, past six. It's, uh, slowly starting to get a little bit more summery. Uh, one notices perhaps in the, in the morning, it's getting light a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, earlier, which is quite, uh, quite nice, quite, uh, quite enlightening. And, uh, we read again one of the special Haftorot. Uh, for the series of uh, of uh, haftoras that we read between uh, Rosh Hashanah, between between uh, Tishbav and uh, and Rosh Hashanah, um, this week we do the haftorah of uh, Rani Akara, which is closely connected. In fact, it's juxtaposed to the haftorah we read uh, two two weeks ago uh, in, uh, in 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 Yeshaya, uh, Yeshaya fifty four. And we carry on with that, and we again it's part of our preparation, part of our restoring of the uh, of the relationship between ourselves and the and the and the uh, We are still talking about the laws of uh, of the honor, the 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 personality, the beautiful color of uh, of, uh, of Shabbos, and one of the things that is that falls into this uh, into this category is the concept of uh, playing music uh, on uh, on uh, on Shabbat, our 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 Chachamim forbade us to uh, to play music on any kind of a instrument on on Shabbos or uh, or Yom Tiv because what we're worried about is perhaps some kind of a uh, problem might happen with the instrument, something might break, something might might sound a little bit off, something might uh, not be 100% uh, kosher, and, uh, and we're worried that you might then come to, uh, to fix the, the uh, instrument on, on Shabbos, and that, of course, would be, uh, would be problematic. That would be a, uh, a uh, Isser, <coughs> the Rambam says that would, in fact, be a Torah prohibition. On uh, on on Shabbos, and even though the uh, the in the time of the uh, of the Beit of the Beit Hamikdash, so the whole question of whether or not they in fact would uh, would sing would use instrumentation on uh, on Shabbos on Shabbos uh, at uh, at all, um, and in fact. Uh, uh, 
yeah, the 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 whole the whole avoid. Yes, yes, it was. Uh, yes, it was permitted to to certainly to bring the korbanos. That certainly was allowed to be done on uh, on Shabbos. Uh, they were even allowed to uh, to sing. That certainly was allowed. The question was in terms of the in terms of the uh, instrumentation, in terms of the the playing the the instruments. On on Shabbos, so we said the the, the Chazal forbade us to to play any kind of uh, any kind of instruments, and as the Rambam says, it's Larasa. But however, the 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 in the in the uh, in the Beit Hamikdash, so the we know that rabbinic prohibitions do not generally apply in the uh, in the Beit Hamikdash, and therefore because. Uh, uh, of the holiness of the importance of the necessity of the service, and therefore even on Shabbat and uh, and Yom Tov, they still at the time when they used to bring the sacrifice, at the time when they used to uh, when they used to do the daily tamid and the and the musafim, the special kavanot that were brought on every every Shabbat and uh, and every every Yom Tov, they had a whole orchestra. Of, of flutes and harps and lyres and and drums and drums and all sorts of things and and lots of uh, lots of brass also that they would play uh, as part of as part of the beautification of the service in the uh, in the uh, in the base in the base of Mikdash. Uh, part of as now we're now in El part of the prohibition of uh, of playing instruments uh, on Shabbos would include also blowing. Of the uh, of the shayfar, and uh, therefore, uh, even on Rosh Hashanah, forget about Shabbat. Even on Rosh Hashanah, which is a, a weekday, once we have fulfilled the blowing of shayfar uh, on Rosh Hashanah, you know, with as many different opinions as you want to fulfill with all the pitchfikus, and you want to do the, the shvarim this way and the trua that way, and this long and that long. After you've done all of that, that might be part of the uh, Observance, or certainly the enhancement of the uh, of the of the mitzvahs, then you cannot blow the shofar anymore on sh- on on that day of Yom Tov. The shofar becomes mukta. Obviously, if there are other people who who need to hear the shofar, people who uh, didn't make it to shul and you perhaps have to go to someone's home or to a hospital to blow for them, of course one can blow in that in that uh, situation. But just to play, or just to, or just to. Uh, a uh, uh, practice that you cannot uh, that you cannot do. Uh, children under the age of uh, of uh, of bar mitzvah, uh, if the the Ramah says that if they're tackle learning how to blow the shofar, so the Ramah brings down in in Tavkov that in order to practice how to blow the shofar, even on the day of Rosh Hashanah, one would be allowed to uh, to uh, to do that. Uh, one is allowed to to sound using any kind of uh, vessel or any kind of uh, even even one's one's hands to make a a sound that's not connected at all to to music and uh, and uh, and and song. For instance, uh, one would be allowed to clap one's hands in order to wake. To wake uh, someone, uh, someone up if uh, they fall asleep, yeah, uh, 
Even even rabbis can sometimes do it in the middle of the drasha to uh, wake up those who are who are peacefully uh, uh, slumbering, or won't be allowed either with one's hand or with some kind of a, a, a knocker or so to knock on on a door so that the people inside, the people, the family members inside, would hear him and come to uh, and come to uh, to to you know, to answer the door. It would even be allowed to take your 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 palm or or, or uh, you know or something and and bang against a a cup or a a bottle in order to get uh, quiet uh, to get all the people assembled to uh, to get uh, quiet in order to begin speaking or or uh, or something or something like that. Uh, we're going to come back with our very last segment after this very short message. Please don't run away yet. There's still a few more minutes left. This is Soul to Soul on High FM 101.9. Stay tuned. This is Hilchos Shabbos with Rabbi Moshe Schnurb. 101.9 High FM. We are back on the Soul to Soul Friday afternoon show. It's so nice to have you as part of our family. We are talking about making noise on Shabbos. What is and what isn't uh, uh, allowed uh, when I said that you were allowed to knock with your hand or uh, to use uh, something on your hand, your, the ring on your finger or something, to to uh, to knock on the door, that we said was in fact uh, 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 permitted. Uh, similarly, we said if you want to sort of snap your fingers, you know, uh, your thumb and your and your finger together again in order to uh, wake someone up, or if you're Kind of playing with a a baby or something like that to make him laugh that the Shulchan Aruch uh, says is is uh, is allowed. In fact, uh, the question of using a a metal kind of door knocker, uh, you know, in order to to uh, get the attention of the people inside that actually is a uh, a big argument amongst the uh, the 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 Poiskim as to whether or not. Uh, you're allowed to use such a hand, a hand knocker, or uh, right, yeah, to, or this metal kind of thing that's on, on the door. Uh, some say that in fact it is it is forbidden. One's well, not allowed to do it because that sounds like. Ramal seems to say that that sounds very much like a musical, a musical percussion kind of a kind of sound, and therefore it is uh, it is forbidden. And some say it is it is permitted since your intent you have no intention at all to play any kind of musical tune. All you want to do is get someone's uh, get someone's uh, uh, attention, and then uh, that certainly uh, says uh, says the machaber that would certainly be uh, be 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 allowed. Um, if normally during the week one would use sort of uh, an electric bell or electronic device to ring inside and and get get people's attention so then so, uh, the Mishnah Bruce says that if normally during the week you would ring so then on Shabbos uh, you're allowed to use one of these uh, one of these knockers uh, to get people's attention get people's attention uh, uh, at all in fact the the Gemara Erevin uh, brings down a an argument uh, 
between Ula. Ula says that it's forbidden to produce any kind of sound, even if it's not for the purpose of of singing. Therefore, according to Ula, it would be forbidden to knock on a door in order to get people's attention uh, 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 in any situation. Uh, Rava disputes uh, Ula, and he says, not only sounds that are made for the purpose of singing are, are forbidden are forbidden on, on Shabbos. And in fact, the uh, the Yushami brings down, they tell a story about Ravi Law, that he once arrived at his house at night, and he called out uh, to the family to open the door, and they couldn't, they couldn't hear. And since he was Mahmir, not to knock on the door at all, because he held like, uh, like Ullah, that any kind of sound would, would be, would be forbidden. So he actually remained sleeping, sleeping outside that, that night. And in fact, uh, the Goin and others of Enechanano actually hold like that, that one shouldn't, uh, do any kind of, uh, knocking at all. But they would, even they would agree that it's, if you do it in an unusual kind of way, that one would be allowed to, uh, to, uh, to do it. The other classic poets can usually hold like the Machaber, the, the Rif and the, uh, and the Rambam, that, uh, they draw out from that, uh, from that sugya in Erevin that the halacha, in fact, is like Rova, and the halacha is, in fact, more, more lenient than unless one intends for musical reasons one can, one can, uh, uh, uh knock, and that, in fact, uh, the Rosh also tends to go, tends to go that, uh, that uh, that way. Um, the only question is, so so knocking with the you know, just playing on the door would be fine. The question of this using a special a special uh, knocker, which is kind of set aside particularly for for making uh, for making noise. So there, the, the latter day poiskim uh, uh, still discuss that. Maybe there is room to be uh, to be strict because maybe you're going to specifically do it in a kind of a, a rhythm. Or something, uh, or something like that, and uh, it remains one of these discussions that goes back and uh, that goes back and forth. But it does seem that if normally during during the uh, during the week, if there are other ways, if you lose electronic way that is forbidden on Shabbos to uh, to uh, you know you can't use that on Shabbos. So then you would be even be allowed to uh, to use the the knocker on uh, on. Uh, on on the Shabbos, in terms of uh, choir masters and uh, and chazanim using a a tuning fork, uh, using a tuning fork which always emits a uh, a middle C, so that they know uh, you know what what uh, what note to to start uh, singing singing on. So that also uh, definitely is intended. As something as something musical, and therefore Mishnah Brewer writes that it's it's not a good idea to uh, to use it. But some do. Some of the Paiskim do say that since it's always the same tune, uh, and you know never never changes pitch, then you could use it. Obviously, litzarich mitzvah for the chazan to sing is definitely litzarich litzarich mitzvah. But uh, mo- many of the Paiskim. Are 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 machmir about that because uh, 
In fact, if one looks sort of through all the points, a, a great majority are are, uh, are 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 strict about using the combaton, about using the the pitching fork. But if one would want to rely on the uh, the the uh, lenient poskim says or a we can't protest uh, uh, too loudly because there is on whom to uh, to uh, rely if. Uh, if, if necessary, that about brings us to the end of our time this this week. Just gives me one moment to wish each and every one of you a wonderful Shabbos, and thank you so so much for being part of our radio family, for being with us uh, uh, this week. And it just want to wish each and one of you a beautiful, beautiful Shabbat of Menucha, of Kedusha, of of family time, of inspiration, because we need to be inspired, as we said at the beginning. And please, God, we're looking forward to our next time together, Be'ez Hashem, next coming Erev Shabbos. To all of our radio family, Shabbat Shalom.